Having trouble scoring runs? Just pitch a shutout. Why didn't the Giants think of that earlier? Alex Cobb and the Giants' bullpen and the defense shut down the Seattle Mariners' big win going into an off day. And the Giants, despite not scoring many runs in this game, even got back on track. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there. Hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And coming up on today's show, the Giants continue to struggle to score runs, but hey, why didn't they think of this earlier? Just don't allow any runs and you're going to win anyway. You're going to win every game in which you allow zero runs. And so it's funny, that's baseball in that the like the focus of the game, if the Giants had allowed some runs, even three, would have been the offense and just continuing to talk about the offense struggling. But uh, when you're pitching, does what the Giants pitching and defense did last night with Alex Cobb going six shutout innings, Taylor and Tyler Rogers and Camilo Duvall finishing it out. Then we get to talk about the pitching and it takes pressure off the offense. Like I think that a game like last night and then going into an off day and then coming up playing the Colorado Rockies, who are one of the you know worst teams in the league and especially bad on the road. It's the Giants are set up in that the offense, yes, is struggling, but when you pitch, when you win a game like this, it just takes pressure off of them. So this was a huge win for the Giants and and just a great first half for Alex Cobb, who, you know, along with Logan Webb, it's basically just those two who, who in this first half of the season, like established themselves as starters even for the San Francisco Giants. I mean, you've got like, Anthony DiScofani, he had a really good first month, but then basically fell off after that. And then all the other guys, it's the unpredictability of this game is that all these other guys that we were talking about how I wasn't really beating this drum too much, how the strength of the team was the starting pitching depth, but it was a strength. I think that people kind of sleep on the position player group here. I thought that that was a strength as well. But, you know, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, and Alex Wood, those three specifically just kind of weren't able to establish themselves this first half as starters. And Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling just started off so poorly that they found themselves in the bullpen. Manaya has kind of stuck there, and I feel like he's pitched well enough to earn a spot 
back in the Giants rotation, but I don't know if they just like him there or if he likes it there or if it's a combination of both of those things, but it's interesting, especially for a guy who's got an opt-out. Like You would think he would want to be starting games. I would be interested in asking him that. But anyway, just the point is that Alex Cobb, it's a it's a totally stabilizing presence. He ends the, we say first half, but they've played over half of their games at this point. When when the when they finish up with the Rockies and then it's the All Star break, they'll have played ninety games, and eighty one is the halfway point. So I guess that makes us six games past the halfway point right now. And Alex Cobb has a two point nine one earned run average. It's one of the best ERAs in the National League. Fangraphs is actually currently down right now, their website. And so normally, oh, it's back up. Well, I didn't have anything prepped because they were down for a couple hours. But yeah, Alex Cobb, I mean, maybe I could pull it up quickly here. If we just look at the leaders in pitching in the National League or just even in all of baseball, Alex Cobb is going to find himself somewhere. I can't find it. I have an excuse in that the, oh, there he is. He's 21st in uh, Fangraphs wins above replacement, which is using fielding independent pitching instead of ERA to kind of as its metric of choice to kind of evaluate the pitcher. But if we look at the ERA leaders, I mean, Cobb is 10th in all of Major League Baseball. And it's interesting to me to look at a guy like Kevin Gosman because we, we obviously saw Kevin Gosman and he was as dominant as ever. And he's having another really good year with a 3.04 ERA. But Alex Cobb, it's almost like a similar repertoire in a way. It's it's different. Cobb is more of a sinker. Gosman's more of a four-seam fastball. But the split being the really good specialty pitch. And I think that, yeah, they signed uh, Cobb in the same offseason in which they let Gosman walk away and go to the Toronto Blue Jays. And so anyway, I just think it's worth pointing out that Cobb has been... I mean, by run prevention, he's been better. It, it's arguably, maybe not even arguably, just clearly a tougher division in the American League East. And that ballpark in Toronto is tougher to pitch in than San Francisco. But, you know, let's just not undervalue how good Alex Cobb has been for the Giants. And even last year, the peripherals suggested that this kind of performance was in him. And so, yeah, really good first half for him. And Logan Webb is also in that mix. I don't know. I'm again, he's 24th in earned run average at 3.38. So Cobb and Webb at the top, I think that you still going into the trade deadline. It seems that there's honestly not a lot of great options out there. If you look at the trade market, um, Marcus Stroman potentially, but I mean, those three would be three elite ground ball pitchers. So there's that possibility, and then there's other guys out there like Luke, Lucas Giolito, etc. And we'll save some. There's some mailbag questions coming up later today that I want to get to about trades. But yeah, just wanted to point out that this was a huge win, and that Alex Cobb has been super reliable. And he did miss some time with an oblique injury, but he came back really strong and. He's important. I mean, Webb and Cobb, that's why the the fragility of the Giants, in a way, is that those two are so important because the guys behind them haven't really stepped up. And also just want to give a shout out to some of the defensive plays the Giants made. J.D. Davis made some nice plays. Casey Schmidt made an incredible play at second base that saved a run. And so 
pitching a defense, yes, in what the Giants only scored two runs, but again, we don't focus on that after a shutout win. And yeah, they're only averaging like less than two and a half runs a game over their last 10. So they're due for a little breakout in this series coming up on Friday to close out the first half against the Rockies. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we're going to get to some mailbag questions. Like I said, Fangraphs was down. And so maybe in another universe, we would have gotten into a different topic. But there's a lot of mailbag questions we have left about the trade deadline and about who does this, what other team does this Giants team remind me of? So we'll get into those questions and more in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Do you want to win 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball? Sleeper's now offering a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. And it's just a really fun way to play daily fantasy baseball. You get to look at the kind of over under like half a home run or whatever, and you pick more or less. And there's like different odds associated with those things. And I think that kind of listening to this show and getting into advanced metrics, if you want to do this with Giants players is definitely like, it'll give you an edge. And, you know, I think that I have an edge when I play because of my affinity for the advanced metrics and just kind of understanding, is this player going to be pinch hit for? Do they have the platoon advantage? Like, all these different variables go into making these picks and entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. And you have safe and fast withdrawals. And if you use promo code locked on, you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See, see sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out sleeper today. All right, as promised, we are going to get to some mailbag questions. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we are going to be doing a fresh batch of mailbag questions. The last time we got into them, and you'll see in just a minute here, uh, it was a lot about starting pitching and trading for a starter and the trade deadline. And we've got the draft coming up on Sunday. We haven't even really dug into that, but the Giants are going to make a pick there. And so, and also the offense has become a focus and the injuries. And do you make a move to replace some of these guys? So we'll get to that tomorrow. But I want to jump into some of the mailbag questions we had from, I think it was last week. Israel asks, thoughts on Eduardo Rodriguez? I don't think he's someone that has been mentioned but with the ties to Scott Harris, it could happen. So Eduardo Rodriguez playing for the Tigers. That's what Israel is referencing. And uh, I'm going to pull him up right now. So he he is a guy that many have asked about. And I saw him discussed like on the postgame show at some point. I think Carlos Ramirez mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez as a trade possibility. So my thoughts on Eduardo Rodriguez is that I don't really see it as the greatest of fits despite i mean he's actually i mean let me let me reevaluate my own statement there when we look at the numbers yeah i mean the dude has a 2.64 earned run average a 3.10 expected era 3.35 fielding independent pitching so maybe i take it back now that uh that's been 
uh, discovered by me because what happened last year, I think he had some personal issues and he missed a ton of time last year. And I don't know if that was ever disclosed what was going on. And so he, and then he was just also on the IL again, but this time with an actual like physical injury, he had like a finger issue. And then he came off the IL yesterday and allowed five runs to the A's in four innings. But as you can see by the overall numbers, he, has even just you know with that outing still a really good overall kind of performance for Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez but he's got this opt out in his contract he's got 3 more years on the contract 18 million in 2024 16 million in 2025 15 million in 2026 and he has the right to opt out of his deal after this season and so this is one of those situations anytime you've got the opt-out we've been through it here a lot in San Francisco with Giants contracts but from a team perspective this is all downside in that if he gets hurt or underperforms in the second half he opts in and if he does really well he opts out and so honestly he's looking like a guy who will probably opt out given those numbers that I just mentioned, but that risk, I mean, that's a, we were talking about Carlos Rodon and teams maybe saw the, I mean, definitely saw the opt out that he had as all downside and it was, but it was just one year. And this is three more years for a guy who has a bit of an injury history and who I don't know what those personal issues were, but he missed a lot of time last year with that. And he even went, he went on the restricted list. And so it's almost like it was a inexcused absence because he, his salary was reduced last season due to going on the restricted list with, I, I honestly forget or just never really dug into it enough because he wasn't a giants player, but that seems like a lot of risk to have three years at what is it, you know, like $50 million left on the contract, but the numbers are really good. And obviously you do have the Scott Harris ties. And so it's definitely a possibility, but he might be kind of a tough guy to trade. But given the Tigers position, I would imagine that they probably do try to trade him. His value is at its highest, maybe given the season that he's had when he's been on the field. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a possibility, but that's a lot of risk with the extra, with the opt out and the lots of money if he doesn't opt out. Next question comes from Ezra, who says, in your opinion, who will be the next giant to have a six F war season? And F war is fan graphs, wins above replacement. And this is a very tough question. And I mean, <laughs> cause basically the the kind of underlying question here or is that is is it going to come from inside the organization or is it going to come from outside the organization like that would be tough enough of a question if you said is the giants next 6 f war season going to come from a player they've drafted and developed or is it going to come from a free agent that they've signed and I, I don't know. I wouldn't know the answer even then. So to, to ask me to name a specific player, I mean, I'll try. I'll try to come up with somebody right now. I mean, the way that Patrick Bailey has performed defensively and at the plate makes him 
a candidate. Like it wouldn't happen this year, given that he started the season kind of late and you know, he wasn't there at the beginning of the season, basically. So he's already put up two in just 37 games. And so he, you know, the, that kind of pace, he would easy, easily get to six if he played a full season and played this way the whole time. But I expect regression this year offensively, th- a 391 batting average on balls in play. But I mean, not to take anything away from Patrick Bailey, I'm very optimistic about him but a six that's like puts you in mvp consideration if you have a six war season and so i mean logan webb is always a candidate i i might i might say him like he could just pop off at any time i don't think he's gonna get there this year but any given year in the next couple he could easily just have you know a peak season and so that's probably the safest bet Although pitchers are a little bit riskier and I don't know. I mean, the, the hot take would be like Shohei Otani because if he were to sign with the Giants, he would instantly be likely to have better, the better seasons than that every single year. And so I could say Shohei Otani. If the Giants sign him, then yeah, but you're asking me basically to predict will the Giants sign Shohei Otani. There's not a lot of, there's no other free agents this class who I would expect to have a six war season. So. I'm going to say like Webb, but Bailey's a dark horse possibility. And Otani, if they were to sign him, would be a slam dunk to be that guy. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, more mailbag questions, including what other team currently in the league, not past Giants team, but what other team currently reminds you of the San Francisco Giants? So we're going to make a little comparison in just a minute. But first... All right, here we go. What other team does the Giants remind me of? We'll get to that question in just a second. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every dayers, tomorrow on the show. A fresh batch of mailbag questions. I can't wait because there's a lot new going on. It's crazy how the ebbs and flows of the season. Last time it was all about the Giants are doing great and they just need starting pitching. And this time it's going to be a little bit different. And so I really enjoy the interaction with you. And so look out on Twitter for a mailbag prompt. And so the next question comes from Milwaukee Giants fan who says, what other team does the Giants, does this Giants team remind you of this year? And so I initially read this wrong and I thought you meant like what other Giants team, like what year, what season in the past does this current team remind you of in Giants history? And that's not what you're asking. You're asking what other team in the league right now reminds me of the Giants. And so it's I'm going to kind of look through here and and pinpoint any teams that this Giants team reminds me of. The The boring answer is... I mean, it's, it's kind of a comparison I don't want. I don't want the Giants to be like this team because this other team is kind of a low spending team. And that team is the Milwaukee Brewers. And so I'm not, I'm not definitively saying this is my pick here. But the reason that the Giants kind of remind me of the Milwaukee Brewers in a way is that they're kind of, they've got some veterans mixed in like, the Brewers have Christian Yelich. He's not like homegrown. They traded for him, but they've got 
some veteran players and they've also got some youth and they've also got some good pitching and they kind of do things analytically and platoons and they, you know, they've got some big names in that rotation at the top in the likes of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, although Woodruff is hurt right now. And I think Burns has kind of been underperforming, but I don't know. It's not the best comparison, but just in general, I think the Giants have operated somewhat similarly, but as a higher spending team than the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's that's the first one that jumps off the page. I would have I would say that at this point, five in year five under Farhan Zaidi, I would have hoped to say that the Giants remind me of the Dodgers, but they they don't in a way. They kind of do, but they're not they they that's not the first team that comes to mind. Uh Looking through the other divisions, not the Mets, not really, not the Phillies, not the Marlins, not the Braves, not the Angels, not the Astros. I mean, kind of the Seattle Mariners a little bit, but Mariners have maybe a deeper starting pitching as we saw in this series. I also think, you know, the Mariners have like a young superstar in Julio Rodriguez, and I'm not there yet with Patrick Bailey. Cleveland Guardians, I mean, Minnesota Twins, these teams are much lower spending. I guess the Twins, in a way, are somewhat similar, but not a perfect comparison. Boston Red Sox, I mean, last year, the Red Sox and the Giants were so similar in the the fan angst and like a relatively new president of baseball operations who was doing things very differently than they used to do things, and it was making people upset, and then the underperformance, and they were kind of neck and neck high expectations. The previous year had been a good one in which they made the playoffs. They spend more money than these other teams I've mentioned. So the Red Sox are a pretty good comparison, except the Red Sox aren't doing so well this year. They're only 44 and 43. And so, you know, if the Red Sox were doing better, they're also in a really tough division in which they're in last place and they're above 500. So, that probably kind of skews the number. I think the Giants are a better team. The Red Sox are 32 and 28 against above 500 teams. And so that kind of tells you that maybe they've just had a tough schedule, but that might be the best comparison in a way. But their pitching is not, they don't have like a Logan Webb or an Alex Cobb really. Although I think Chris Sale is hurt and James Paxton has been better and actually is an interesting trade candidate. So no team is a perfect comparison, but they've got elements of the Red Sox, elements a little bit of the Twins, I guess, and elements of the Brewers. And I mean, there's some Cardinals elements, but the Cardinals are having a disastrous season. So there's no team that directly is exactly the most similar if I had to pick, I really would ask you to not make me pick is kind of what I would want to say. But I don't know. I don't know. Milwaukee, I suppose. But I think the Giants are better and the run differential uh, backs that up. I mean, the Brewers have only scored 365 runs. Giants have scored 408. But the runs allowed 381 by Milwaukee, 377 for the Giants, almost identical so the Giants are like a better offensive version of the Brewers, I suppose, maybe, but they're really just themselves and they're kind of unique. I mean, they, they do do things in a unique way. And yeah, so it's it's a nuanced answer, but 
that's what I got for you. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, a fresh batch of mailbag questions. So look out on Twitter for the prompt. Really looking forward to that. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.